Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Now, in this series, we are talking about establishing healthy relationships, kind of walking you through um, a lot of the concepts from my book, To Love and To Be Loved, establishing healthy relationships, which you can find on Amazon. You can find it on my website. Either way, I want you to get a copy to get empowered in establishing healthy relationships in your life. Now, today we're going to be talking about bringing back the honeymoon, specifically in your relationship with God. Now we're talking about our relationship with God and the importance of the love relationship we have with God in order to walk in healthy relationships with people around us. If you've been following along, you know I've mentioned several times that the same degree that you walk in a healthy relationship with God, with yourself, will be the same degree that you walk in a healthy relationship with people around you. So in this entire section, we're talking specifically about how do I cultivate a love relationship with God? Now in the episode called uh, How to Reconcile with God. Now, uh, if you watch that at the end, I challenged you with an assignment to sit quietly in the presence of God, practice receiving his love, coming into an agreement and saying, God, I, I recognize that you love me. I agree with your love for me. I receive your love. I'm just going to sit here and be saturated by your love. We talked about how we have often made our relationship with God all about what we are doing for him, our affection for him, our devotion to him, our commitment to him, instead of it being all about his love for you, his affection for you, his commitment to you, his faithfulness, his devotion, the fact that he can't take his eye off of you. And I really want you to practice what it looks like to just let God love you. This is part of how we cultivate a love relationship with God. So now that we've recognized um, that our healthy relationships start with not just our relationship with God, but it starts with being loved by God, being reconciled with that love, receiving as I agree, God, that even in this whatever, this sin, this ugliness, this awful moment that I just had, come on, we all have moments where we are not our favorite person in the moment, right? Like, But God still loves us in those moments. And when we can learn to, even in a moment where we're upset with ourselves, we're unhappy with how we responded, we can say, okay, even in that moment, God, I know you loved me and I agree with your love for me and your love is enough for me. It covers up all of that yuck in my life. The more we can just automatically just be walking in a mindset of that, that will change the confidence in which you walk in, the courage that you have in all of your relationships. So again, we're just focusing on our relationship with God first. Now let's talk about the honeymoon. So um, in my book, I go into great details about some of the changes that Brad and I went through, and Brad is my husband, um, into really kind of trying to change the pattern in our marriage after 24 years. You know, we often hear about, uh, oh, well, they're the honeymooners or the honeymoon phase is over. And and our system has kind of taught us that there's a season in a marriage or in a relationship where it's fresh and it's new and it's exciting and it's intentional. And then that wears off. And I think we've been deceived by our system and thinking that, well, that's just normal. 
Um, but when I read scripture, God's freshness, his love, his excitement for your presence, his excitement for what you're doing, the way he is enamored about who you are, the way he's enamored about who I am, it doesn't wear off. He is continuously in a in a honeymoon phase with us. And I want to talk to us about really just cultivating that honeymoon with God. All throughout the scriptures, the Bible refers to Jesus as the bridegroom, and we are the bride of Christ, whether you are a male or whether you are a female. Now, I know if you are a male, this is a difficult um, analogy or metaphor for you to connect with, but God is saying here that just as a bridegroom on his wedding day is anticipating, is excited, is looking forward to connecting with his bride in marriage, so God lives in that state with us. Now let's flip that coin as the bride of Christ. Whether you are a male or a female, connect with me for a moment on the months and the days and the weeks, sometimes the years, but also the energy and the time and the intentionality that a bride puts into walking down that aisle and being connected with her bridegroom. Now I want you to really grab a hold of that season of your life and how much mental energy, emotional energy, how much you talked about it, how much you invested in it. This is the comparison that God is giving to us and saying like, this is what I want my relationship with you to look like. This is huge for us because all of us are designed for this level of intimacy. We all want and desire for that level of intimacy. Now, life may have taught you that that's not safe. I don't feel safe in that place. I don't want to engage in that level of vulnerability and intimacy. And if that is you, you cannot deny that it is still in your creation that it is a deep desire that you have. But life has trained you that it's not safe. This book is for you. I want you to be set free from that fear of intimacy. And the way we do that is by cultivating our intimacy with God first. If you look to try and cultivate intimacy with people before you cultivate intimacy with God, you will be disappointed. You will get wounded. You will uh, feel discouraged and have your expectations not met. I like to tell people that an expectation is a predetermined disappointment. So when we have an expectation that people are going to satisfy that need that we have for intimacy, we are going to be let down. You are going to be let down. And it is not necessarily the other person's fault. It is on you to back up and say, look, I need to understand and recognize, come into an intimacy that is not of this world so that when I experience intimacy with people around me, it is the icing on the cake. It is the overflow, but it is not my sustenance. That's why this is so important in this book, To Love and to Be Loved, that we talk about your relationship with God first, because you will not experience the fullness of satisfaction in any earthly relationship until you are walking in the fullness of satisfaction in your own relationship with God and within your own heart and within your own mind. So we're talking about the bridegroom and the bride of Christ. Now, I want to talk about this idea of demonstration, a demonstration of love. Now, again, think about newlyweds. Think about if you guys have teenagers and they're dating. They just have this ridiculous display of love. And sometimes we're like, really? But 
God is a demonstrative God. He is continuously demonstrating his word. So he's not just a God who says something. You can see what he says in his action. I want you to think with me for a moment in Romans 5, 8. It says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, before I touch on this demonstration, I want to really point something out in this passage. This says that God demonstrated his greatest act of love while we were in the midst of sin. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment and what that means to you right now. Because there may be somebody who's watching this that is filled with guilt and shame and condemnation. And God is saying, look, it's in those spaces and those places that I demonstrate my love for you. A lot of times the world has taught us, maybe our former relationships have taught us, perhaps it's religion that has taught you, that in order to be loved, you have to perform or act or, or be a certain way. God is not like that. The Bible says that while you were yet a sinner, he demonstrated on the cross his greatest act of love, the giving of his son, Jesus Christ, for you and I was not after you cleaned yourself up, but it was in the midst of your sin. I can't help again, but think about the prodigal son and the prodigal love of the father that was poured out upon the son while he still had pig slop on him, while he was in the midst of his stench, while there was evidence of his sin and his squandering and his betrayal of the father. The father ran to meet him and covered up his sin. That's why the Bible says in 1 Peter, keep fervent your love one for another for love covers up a multitude of sins. Now, I know this is kind of a side note, but I want you to be challenged, not just in the reception of that kind of sin or that kind of love. Even if you're in the midst of sin, I want you to realize that you are worthy to be loved. Even if you are wallowing in the pig slop, the Bible says, even if I were to settle in the depths of hell, even there, his love, his presence, his light would find me. He would illuminate my space and my place. This is such an important concept because I think we have been taught that in order, again, in order to earn the hug, we have to dance a particular way or in order to earn love, we have to perform a particular way. That is the way of the system. That is the way of the world. And unfortunately for a lot of us, it's been in the way of a lot of our relationships, but it is not the way of God. So the Bible says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if you would for me for a moment, let's just pause and just hold out your hands and just say, God, I just receive your love. I thank you, Father, that even though I often am in the midst of sin, often in my anger, in my depression, uh, in my unforgiveness, in my bitterness, in my yelling, in my rants, whatever it is, God, even when I'm in the midst of my drug addiction, God, your love is still available for me and that you are continuously demonstrating love for me, that your love for me is not conditional upon who I am and how I'm behaving. Come on, I'm just trying to teach you how to receive God's unconditional love here. Just holding out your arms, God, not because of anything I've done, but because of who you are and all that you did. I just stand here. I receive the love, my inheritance from the cross in Jesus' name. Okay, I'm just giving you that demonstration, but let's take a look at this word love. Now, the word or the word demonstrate, I'm sorry, the word demonstrate. The word demonstrate in the Greek means to introduce, to present, to prove, to show, or to establish. 
Now listen, it also includes the idea of placing things together or uniting parts into one whole. So what this means is when it says God demonstrates his love, it means God's feeling of love was established or proved when the emotion was combined with action. Okay, so when the emotion was combined or united with action, we see a demonstration of love. So his love, God just doesn't say, I love you. There was a demonstration. His love was proved on the cross. It was proved by action. So why am I saying all of this? Remember, we're talking about stirring up your intimacy, stirring up that uh, honeymoon phase uh, with God, the love of God, and, and coming back into living within a demonstration of love. So God demonstrates his love for you on a regular basis. When he raises the sun every morning, it is a demonstration of God's love for you. When you wake up and your breath in your lungs, it is a demonstration of God's love for you. And God is continuously demonstrating his love throughout all creation, through the word of God, what he is saying to you. If you watch for him and look for him, if you expect him, you will see evidence of God's love in your life. He is intentional to pursue you. He's intentional to woo you. He is intentional to allure you. He wants to live within the honeymoon phase. Now, what I want for you to do is to live in response to that. Now, when my husband leans over to give me a kiss, I respond to that by leaning back over and receiving and returning a kiss to him. When my husband reaches out to grab my hand, I respond to that by reaching out and grabbing his hand. I certainly don't pull away from his hand. And so there's this um, cooperative love communication. Um, and so we talk a lot about cooperative communication where we're cooperating with one another. There's a re- reciprocity going on there. And I want you to come into the reciprocity of God's love, recognizing every day, God, you love me. Now, I once gave a message called a Sought After, and I talked a lot about living in um, a life that says, I love you too. So in other words, in the morning, first thing, all throughout the day, um, every moment of the day, I'm hearing and I'm receiving God saying, I love you. And all of my actions reflect, I love God too. I love you too, God. And again, this is a little bit different than what religion would teach us or what our system has taught us, which is it's all about me just loving God. Instead, I want you to relax. I want you to receive God's love and I want you to live in the I love you too. I love you too, God. Let me let me read an excerpt out of the book. Actually, it's out of scripture, out of uh, the scripture, Isaiah 54, 10. It says, even if the mountains heave up from their anchors and the hills quiver and shake, I will not desert you. You can rely on my enduring love. My covenant of peace will stand forever, says the eternal one, whose love will not give up on you. Somebody say that right now. God, your love does not give up on me. Listen to me. Listen to me. We've all experienced a love that has given up on us. Some of you experienced a father's love that gave up on you. Some of you have experienced a mother's love that has given up on you. Some of you have had a spouse that betrayed you, cheated on you, and gave up on you. But God's love is not like you. God says, I won't give up on you. 
You have Some of you have experienced friends who have loved you conditionally, and when you didn't shape up, they totally kicked you to the curb. Now, I'm not talking about healthy boundaries. I'm talking about putting up a wall, and they gave up on you. God is not like that. His love is not like that. He will never give up on you. In Song of Songs, it says, Hang my locket around your neck. Wear my ring on your finger. Love is invincible, invincible, facing danger and death. Passion laughs at the terror of hells. Passion laughs at the terror of, of hells. Listen, when you're passionately in love with God, when you know and you are confident that you are loved by a God on high, you can face the terrors of your life with laughter because you know you are saturated with a love that is not from this world. I'm telling you, if you come into this kind of a love, if you recognize this love, if you are intentional to stir up this love between you and God, I'm not talking about you and anybody else. I'm talking about you and God. It will absolutely shift the way you view, the way you walk through, the confidence that you have, the courage that you operate in. It will change your perspective of all things. This this verse goes on and it says, the fire of love stops at nothing. Somebody needs to say, God, your fire of love has stopped at nothing. Your fire of love for me has stopped at nothing. I receive your fire of love. I receive, God, the love that is burning towards me right now in the name of Jesus. It goes on and it says, it sweeps everything before it. The floodwaters can't drown love. Torrents of rain cannot put love out. Love cannot be bought. It cannot be sold. And it's not going to be found in the marketplace, meaning it's not going to be found in this world. You can't buy and sell love, meaning you cannot earn love. It's not something you try and purchase by acting or behaving a particular way. It's not something that you deserve, but rather it is something you are designed for. I want you to grab a hold of this beauty of love, the beauty of God's love, that he loves you unconditionally. I want you to recognize that your relationship with God does not need to grow stale. And as you learn how to keep the fire going in your relationship with God, the Holy Spirit will teach you how to keep the fire going in your intimate relationships here on earth. He will teach you how to walk in passion in your relationships, friendships and your romantic relationship. Notice they said one romantic relationship because I hope you only have one. But if you don't, that's okay. That's okay because God is still walking with you, loving you, searching for you, seeking you out, alluring you, desiring intimacy with you, no matter your situation. I'm telling you, the key to establishing healthy relationships is recognizing the intimacy that God desires to have with you first and foremost. All right, in the next episode, we're going to be talking about your first love. Again, if you have not watched all the episodes in Healthy Relationships, make sure you take some time. You will not regret it. You are worth it. Invest in you. Spend some time going back. Get a piece of paper. Get a pencil. Take some notes. And let the Holy Spirit really refine you and begin to change your life and your walk 
in your in this lifetime in your relationship with God in your relationship with yourself and in your relationship with people around you remember enforcing purpose it starts with you I hope you enjoyed this episode you can also find me on YouTube TikTok Instagram Facebook or you can check out my other podcast show enforcing purpose with Lisa Schwartz for general information or resources head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com Thanks for listening.